Can you put yourself where he was? Ma'am, I think he kind of got where most of us are. A lot of times, you know, we all encounter struggles in our life. We all encounter things we don't plan on. And so often we feel we're the only ones there. But I can assure you that your neighbors, those sitting around you, have struggles too. But because of the resurrection, we can have the hope and we can get through those difficult times. But you know that it's those times that God uses to reach us the most. Today's passage we're going to be looking at, it'll be in beginning in John chapter 20. Uh, we're looking at today five encounters with Jesus after the resurrection. We celebrated this morning right out here as the sun was coming up. We celebrated the resurrection and we talked about Mary Magdalene's life a little bit and, and what she got as a seeker through that resurrection but because of that resurrection, there have been encounters with Jesus here on earth before he ascended to heaven that is possible because of the resurrection. I want you to look on the screen here as we look at this main point of what we're going to be looking at today. And that's that after Jesus' resurrection, he encountered Mary, the disciples, Thomas, and Peter in their broken state, where they were, so that he could meet their needs and heal them. Amen. That's the Lord that we have. That's the resurrected Savior that we have that meets us right where we are. And he meets our needs, he heals us, and he transforms us to be what he wants us to be. And praise the Lord. What he wants for us is often better than what we want for ourselves. Amen. If you would stand as we begin uh, our passage this morning, coming out of John chapter 20, talking about the resurrection beginning in verse 1. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. So Peter and the other disciples went forth and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first and stopping, excuse me, and stooping, and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And the other disciples who had first come to the tomb then also entered, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. Father God, I thank you for your word. And Father, today as we celebrate you, as we celebrate the resurrection of your son, Lord, would you fill us with Holy Spirit. 
Father, would you open our eyes and allow us to behold the wonderful things, Lord, from your word. Father, would you change us today? Father, would you help us remember, Father, the glory of this day through the resurrection? And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. There was a lot going on. We celebrated this past week. Some people call it Holy Week. We had Good Friday, the day that we celebrate Jesus uh, being crucified. He had spent that last Lord's Supper, uh, that last meal with the uh, disciples, and he shared with them that bread and the wine, and he began to tell them and to teach them what was to come and that there was a new covenant. They crucified him, and all hell broke loose in a celebration and a party thinking Jesus has been defeated. Many of you might have heard Carmen the singer's rendition. I love that as he, you get to hear the sides of what was going on and the little demons and they were all happy and Satan that he had been defeated. He was on the cross. Now he was dead and he was in a, a tomb and old Satan thought he won. But three days later, a lot can happen in three days. Three days later, he come out of that tomb, and we celebrate that to this day as a testimony that he's come out of that tomb. He is a risen Lord and Savior, and he didn't just come out of the tomb and disappear. He came to have encounters with Mary. He had an encounter with the disciples, with Thomas, with Peter. And guess what? Today, church, he's still having encounters with people. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is a risen Lord and Savior. What I want us to look at is the first person he had an encounter with was Mary Magdalene. If you have your program there, you can open up and see a blank there. Number one, when he met Mary Magdalene, the encounter was with grief, and he brought comfort. Praise the Lord. Let's look at this encounter. If you have your Bibles, it'll be on the screens beginning in verse 11. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping, and so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he has said these things to her. Mary had a lot 
of devotion for Jesus Christ. We talked about that this morning. Jesus had cast out seven demons out of this woman. Number seven of completion. There was evidently him casting out the demons was probably a very violent time in her life, dealing with these demons in her life. We might today would call it probably Jesus had to do an an exorcist to to get them out. He told them to come out and to, to flee. And looking at that, understanding that in their day, if you were dealing with some kind of a, a demon or something in you, you were considered to have something a matter. Well, it's the sin in your life that's caused you to be this way. She had grief because of her past life. But she had grief because the one person in the world who loved her enough to cast the demons out of her was dead and in the grave. She, along with the disciples, had followed Jesus for a a period of time and sitting under his teaching. You can imagine a friend, one person, that would treat her as a human We see that today, people that are considered outcast, but someone, Jesus Christ, loves them. We love them because Jesus is in us. Mary was standing outside that tomb weeping, but she had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He met her grief, and he brought her comfort. Can you imagine, church, put yourself in that situation The devoted person that she was to him was dead. And now there she is standing and he's alive. He met her grief. He fulfilled that grief and sent her on away with a message. A woman that has a reputation. You know, that really strikes me. And I know we talk about this often, but what a person to be the first one to get the news and to see the risen Lord and Savior than a woman outcast. The first one to go and to proclaim the message. Ladies, don't think you're insignificant in this world. Our times have changed drastically, but there are many who still feel that as a woman they're insignificant. You're not. God has created you special. And we see all through Scripture God giving the messages to women. And here Mary had an encounter. Jesus encountered her grief and brought her comfort. Secondly, we see that Jesus also met with his very own disciples. And because of that, they were behind those closed doors. Jesus had an encounter with their fear. And he brought peace. Let's take a look there. Pick up at verse 19. It says, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them to receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. They were locked up in a room for fear of what was going to happen. These very men who have given their entire life these last three years, left everything and followed Jesus, become known as his disciples by their actions, have spent time at the very present feet of Jesus, are now scared. They're fearful. But Jesus encountered them and encountered their fear and he brought them peace. He brought them comfort. I'm still here. He said, peace be with you. And when Jesus gives a peace blessing, church, peace comes upon them. They no longer had to fear. They had the power, it says, to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave them some power of Holy Spirit to hold them over until the time of Pentecost when the presence of God through Holy Spirit fell and indwelled in them permanently. But they had to have some power. They had to have peace. Not only that, But there is a third, probably my friend, old Thomas. What do we like to call him? Old Doubting Thomas. You know, he just, everybody's trying to give testimony, but old Thomas don't believe. You see, Jesus encountered Thomas. And when he did, he had to encounter Thomas's doubt. And he brought belief. Move your fingers and your eyes over to verse 26. It says, after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. Oh, Thomas, Thomas told his buddies what he needed to see to believe. Jesus wasn't even there, but he knew. It's what's amazing about our God. He knows and he appeared there. You know, they were afraid of the Jews coming in on them. I believe I might have been a little more afraid of the man just appearing in the room. Amen? I mean, how many of you, come on, if someone just appeared right here beside me, would startle all of us? He's done it now twice. But Thomas had doubt. But, you know, we can't really turn our nose up at Thomas because a lot of us have doubt. But he encountered the doubt and he brought belief. Also, he met with those, some of those disciples out on the side of the sea, five of them. And when he encountered them, he encountered hopelessness and he brought hope. 
We see in chapter 21, verse 2, that Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Jebedee and two others of his disciples were together. And then we pick up here that Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, well, we'll also come with you. They went out and got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, you do not have any fish, do you? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find a catch. So they cast and they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. They were fishermen, most of these men. Jesus called them. We can read the stories, and they left their nets, and they followed him, a life of devotion, they thought. For this man is great. He is a prophet. We'll sit under him, and he'll make us great. For three years, everything behind, Jesus in front. But then Jesus died. Can you imagine the devastation that they had? They had, they were living in a hopeless state. What now? I mean, just imagine, have you ever been planning for a career and then all of a sudden it not happened? You go to school for something and that doesn't pan out. You, you've got ways that you're going and it just doesn't pan out. What am I going to do? Here are these men who have followed Jesus, who's been crucified and now alive. And what does Peter say? I'm going to go fishing. You know, what else am I going to do? I'm going to go back. You know, God already told me I had a mission. But he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to go fishing. Well, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Here the rest of them. Well, I'm going to go with you too. What else are we going to do? But Jesus encountered them in that hopeless state. And he brought hope. It's him. Peter took off and he ran back in there. And later on we see that he is sending them out on mission again. But we go even further than that. And we see, oh, Peter. You remember Peter? He had an encounter with just Peter. And he encountered Peter being defeated and he brought restoration let's take a look there verse uh, chapter 21 verse 9 so when they got on the land they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread and Jesus said to them bring some of the fish which you have now caught now move down to verse 15 So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, 
you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, shepherd my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Oh, Peter, the faithful one. You remember that night uh, just a few nights back as they were sitting around sharing a meal together and Jesus looked over at Peter and told Peter that he was going to betray him. You remember what Peter said? Oh, no, not me, Lord. Oh, no, I'll go with you even if I have to die. Wasn't many hours later, Jesus had been arrested. And old John does a good job of describing as he went into the uh, scene where Jesus was being accused and on trial and they were warming themselves. But John gives us the description of by charcoal fire. You know, I always tell you when there's something in the word, pay close attention to it because it's there for a reason. He was warming himself by a charcoal fire when a little girl said, you're one of them, aren't you? Before he even knew it. No, I'm not. A little bit later. Oh, I think he was with them. You were out there. No. And just a moment later around that fire, a little girl said again, yeah, you were there. You can imagine Jesus just looked over at him when before he even knew it, he said, No, I don't even know him. And then that rooster crowed. Defeat set in in Peter. He was ashamed. Took off. And now here is Jesus once again as they come up on shore around a charcoal fire, it tells us. Remember I said pay attention to that. How many of you have been here have ever charcoaled anything? You just raise your hand. You've been around there, you pour that lighter fluid on it, and you light it up, and a little bit it begins to smoke. You know, they can do it across the street over here. And I can tell you that they're charcoal, and I smell it. I can only imagine deep down inside of old Peter when he come up on that shore. It hit him. Last time he smelt that charcoal fire. And here he is face to face with the one that he had denied. One that had died for him and was going to die. And he denied him the defeat that had to set in once again. I'm sure as much as Peter ran in that water to him, wanted to get right back in that water and run the other way. You know, sometimes God has to confront us with our past to get us where we got to be. And there he was eating breakfast face to face with the one he had denied. But Jesus knew and he encountered that defeat. 
And he, what did he ask him? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? One time. Yes, Peter said. Sure, Jesus looked him right in the eyes again. And he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. And then, of course, you know, sometimes we just find stopping right there. But a third time, Jesus looked right at him and said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Of course, Peter's a little irritated with it three times. Yes, Lord, you know everything. But I believe it was very important. Because each time Simon said yes, he restored him some more. The first time he said to tend my lambs, shepherd my sheep, tend my sheep. Why three times didn't God know his heart? Yes, I believe it's in direct opposition to the three times that Jesus, that Peter denied Jesus. So Jesus met his defeat right where he was, face to face, loved him, and restored Peter back to his ministry. Peter is a mighty man in the Bible. Peter did lots for the Lord. See, after Jesus' resurrection, he encountered Mary, the disciples, Thomas and Peter, right where they were, each of them broken. And he met that need and he healed it. Where did he meet them at? He met Mary right in her grief. The Lord meets us right where we are. The disciples right in the middle of their fear. Oh, Thomas, right in the middle of his doubt. Those out there fishing right in the middle of their hopelessness. And oh, Peter, right in the middle of his defeat. That's where Jesus encountered them. But do you know what else happened? That's right where they encountered Jesus. Jesus comes to us when we need encountering. My question to you this morning, where are you? I believe all of us can put ourselves somewhere in here. Where are you today? Are you grieving? Maybe you're grieving over the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're grieving over the loss of a job. Maybe you're grieving over a sin in your life. Are you experiencing fear? Well, we experienced a lot of that this last year. We have fear of different things. Do you have doubt? I just kind of like the guy on the video. You know, he heard about Easter and Sunday school. But he really kind of doubted it never fit in. Do you have a doubt in your life? Do you feel hopeless? Do you feel that your own life's path and it's just a, a aimless, there's no direction? 
to your life anymore. Or maybe you just feel defeated. You know, all of these are not talking about a a lost person. I mean, we can look right here and see that each of these can fit with a lost person or a saved person, an unbeliever or a believer. We still grieve. We still have fear at times. We still doubt, help us. And many of us at most some point in our life feel defeated. You know, when we go through these other stages, Satan loves to defeat us. He loves to make us think that we're defeated. Maybe there's that sin that you just can't get rid of. Just keeps coming back. Don't you feel defeated? Just as Jesus encountered those and brought the opposite. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants to meet with you right where you are. He wants to meet with you right now. Are you ready to meet with him? Are you ready to have your grief replaced with comfort? Are you ready to have your fear brought to safety? You ready for that doubt to be brought around to having knowledge and comfort and fear? Do you feel hopeless and ready for hope? Are you ready to be restored? Let me be honest with you, as a pastor, I had to spend some time working through these in my own life. And I was ready. I needed restoration. I needed many of these filled in my life. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed with any of these because all that means is that you're ready for an experience. You're ready for an encounter with the Savior. You bow your heads.